Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 39 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at the new times of 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. If you missed the live show, you can catch up with the whole show as I re-upload it every Sunday to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or check out the audio-only version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you enjoy the audio version, please leave us a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We would really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now, if you're new to the show, let me introduce you to the team. First up, this guy likes to rain death from above whilst he's piloting huge mechs in virtual reality. It is, of course, Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm doing doing totally fine. I uh, yeah, I played some Archangel with you, so uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about that soon, right? The excitement yeah, is real. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm doing fine. Has been a hot week, that's for sure. Man, oh man, like the the weather here in Europe. Ooh, it's intense. It is. It's, it's, it's warm. And you've got a new camera angle as well for the show. Yes, you know, you showing, like it? Like it? Yeah. <laughs> getting you from different angles. Each Welcome episode. to the <laughs> unknown corner of my of my studio. This is where, yeah. where the real magic happens. <laughs> yeah, you can really get the view of the little sister in the background there. She's chilling with her sunglasses. She's having a good time. So uh, next up, you're going to need to put on your dancing shoes because this guy is going to take you to the VR club and show you his smooth, smooth moves. It is our resident rowdy guy. How you doing? Hey, I got some sweet moves. You can say what you want, but yeah. I got some sweet moves, you know. I, yeah, I, I showed impressed. them all off in one video. I got like the, the shopping cart. I got like the, the, the running man. I got all of them. I got all of Did them. Did you get the, uh, the big fish, little fish cardboard box? <laughs> <laughs> you, you still need to teach me that one, Mike. Okay. I know, I know <laughs> it was good to master in all of this. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, we, we should we should go dancing one time. One, one time yeah, dancing. I, I, I would VR totally club. be up for a, a dance off with you guys in a club sometime. <laughs> that would be epic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so next up, he is the newest member of the VR Mile High Club. But again, putting his mind, body, and soul on the line for science is our resident Twitch streamer. Zimtok5, how you doing, dude? You all right? <laughs> Good. Thanks, Mike. Yes. Above 38,000 feet, I donned a VR headset. And I'll report yeah. more on that later. Oh, the, oh later that's the VR ma, ma. I, I was thinking of something completely different here. Like, <laughs> put, put a headset <laughs> on and shag it to the 10,000 feet. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Nice one, Zim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smutty Saturdays are back. <laughs> so anyway, last but by no means least, myself, Mike, the host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Nolo CV1 adding six degrees tracking and controllers to the Oculus Go and other mobile VR headsets. We're going to be talking about budget cuts has been delayed again. Will this game ever get released? Stay tuned to find out. And finally, we're going to be talking about transference in VR. Are you prepared to see how deep this rabbit hole actually goes? But 
before we find out what everyone's been playing this week, because that is what we normally do to start the show off, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Megan, because Megan is a big fan of the podcast. She's a big fan of us all individually. She follows us on social media, and she's like our number one fan in terms of all of us individually, as well as the podcast as well. And it's her birthday today. So I just wanted to wish oh. Megan a happy birthday. Oh. And also, it's another special day for her because she's actually going out and buying her first VR headset today, oh, which is... So congratulations to Megan for her birthday and congratulations on your new VR headset as well. And correction, I do believe her nickname is Meggles. Oh, <laughs> Meggles. The Megglemeister. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Happy birthday to you, Megan. Yes, so yeah, let's um, find out what everyone's been playing this week in the metaverse. So let's uh, find out uh, from Zim what he's been up to first. I'd love to know. And also hear his story about traveling with the gokes that's going to be interesting as well <laughs> all right yeah that'll be my main one so um <clears throat> this week i'll just rattle off a couple of things i was doing uh, again still playing lots of poker in uh, in poker vr loving that mm. we did a, a big uh, forest the forest multiplayer so the biggest thing that we uh, i think i mentioned this on last week's show that if you get a 2d player uh, along with vr players uh, so you kind of 2d server uh, you can actually play vr multiplayer the forest which Wow. is chillingly awesome. Uh, it's a great survival game. And actually, I know I kind of rated it third in the survival games we mentioned last show. This definitely starts to bump it up because the social interaction, the ability to build, and the build catalog is so deep that that's, a, that's really, really cool. So we got more of that planned. Uh, a few of my business things have gotten in the way this week to be able to do that again. But anyway, a um, couple of the things that I touched, I did Affected the Manor, which is totally different on the go. Mm. Uh, don't play affected on your own in a hotel room when there's no one around because i kind of freak myself you know you know when you're like on your own in the dark and you're like don't get scared don't get scared don't get scared and all of a sudden there's just this like point of inflection when all of a sudden it's fuck you know and and so that was that's what was happening to me in my hotel room that night um other than that i suppose the thing i would mention is i played dark net uh, I'm a big, okay. big fan of Darknet. Uh, you know, at 30, 38,000 feet on a jet back from London to Edinburgh, um, and I have to say that first off, carrying my you know my go along a little carry case was easy, right? Put it on the plane. Dude left to me. We kind of like was was clearly doing the the eye shots of like what the fuck's this guy about to do, you know? But he was kind of a cool dude. I did steal his window seat by accident. We had a little altercation, but I kept it, and then um, nice. and I put it on and. Super easy to go into. Uh, nobody challenged me vocally. I don't know. When you're in it, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah. And I played for about, I don't know, 25 minutes or so. Awesome. Because it's a relatively awesome. short flight. But um, I'd say yeah. the thing that I was most interested in was, with, are the movements of the plane and the light turbulence, because it was a relatively small craft, um, are yeah. they going to make me feel any kind of, you know, like the three degrees of freedom uh, disconnect, disconnect. Yeah. yeah, and 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 actually the kind of nausea feeling, none. Sure. Uh, I'll, wow. I'll wait it to you know when you're on a roller coaster in real life, and your head is tracking forward just fine. Like you know, no matter what this is doing, your head's like on a stick, and you know it it it's tracking the scene. So it just felt like that. I didn't feel like I had a need for any special travel mode. I didn't get a chance to try out like Netflix because there wasn't a Wi-Fi connection. Um, right. Exactly. So that would be mm-hmm. like I want to try a, a kind of a transatlantic Netflix go. But yeah. I, I'd be yeah. honest, I'm just everyone's going to end up doing this. Uh, it's so cool. I'm just imagining Zim sitting in his like in his plane seat, like playing like some kind of horror game, screaming on the top of lungs, <laughs> and all the passengers go like, <laughs> 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 like, like, yeah. like a 
Go controller flying through the plane. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get dragged yeah, off of a plane one of these days. And then, yeah. and then afterwards be like, yeah, it went perfectly fine. Like, you know, it was like five minutes, just straight gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be me if I played, what was it? Face Your Fears, the plane oh, one no, on a plane. No, no. Like, and that would be me. That would be me. Oh, no, no. I would oh. get chucked off a flight. But, that was know. definitely the best comment because someone did say, just get somebody, put them in face your fears. And there's, I think, an airline crash thing in there. They're like, just yeah, there is. got on the plane. And I, <laughs> that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of like the comfort, you, you, you felt it was fine and you would do it fine. again. The only yeah. thing, the only gripe that I'll mention, and this is out of everything related to the Go, I have one <laughs> massive bugbear with it right now. And, okay. massive, and they can software patch this. So Oculus, listen up. Right? Your Go. I open it up, I charge it before the night, I use the controller and I make sure it does the power off cycle to turn it off. When I go crack this thing open on the plane, I don't wanna see that it's a 25% battery because your thing just likes to wake up at all, all the time. Let me turn this yeah. off. Give me some kind of switch or option to keep it yeah. dead and not yeah, switch it, on without my, my authorization. It is a real problem right now and it's it's rife amongst the Oculus Go Reddit as well. Like a lot of people complaining about that and, and rightly so because it's just turning on at random times. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you, you press the power button and just held it. If you if you press and hold the power button until it's completely off, then I, I tend to find that helps, but sometimes it still comes yeah. back on again. Sometimes uh, you charge it, then you leave it for a few days yeah. and you don't use then, it and then yeah. suddenly it's like... The, the, you already lost a lot of power. I, yeah. No, but yeah. the other thing, the other thing that I noticed, Mike, is I, I'm pretty confident that the strap is somehow activating the the yeah. facial yeah. sensor, right? The yeah. the headset sensor, and I think that's probably it because it'll be sitting there in its box on the side, yeah. and in like 20 minutes, all of a sudden, it's go, and I'll hear it power up in the box. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? Nothing's touching you. <laughs> Why yeah. are you doing no, that? <laughs> And, and the funny thing is, like before the Go even released, I remember speaking to devs uh, that were, were developing stuff for the Go, and they were having the exact same issue. And they were saying like these funny things, like it was on my bedside table and during the night, and then it just came on. It's like, are they are they listening to me? Are they watching me? Like, what's going on? Um, but it's still a problem today. So maybe in a future update, this will get fixed. But it is definitely a, a problem amongst all Go users that that I know. But otherwise, yeah. great use application, and I really do think. This is going to be, you're going to see a lot of headsets popping up because if you can be on a plane and literally land yourself in like an IMAX cinema or just enjoy mm -hmm. a bit of dread halls, you know, yeah, you should yeah. do it. And I see you've got a new controller for the Go in the background there as well, the blue one, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. I just picked this up today. Yeah. So I, I got the yeah. Xbox controller because uh, the, the one which shipped with the Rift, for those who didn't get our, our memo before, this one actually doesn't support it, which is really frustrating to be having it on my desk, staring at it for the last couple of weeks. That's so weird. Um, yeah, that is so true. So public service announcement, you know, buy the Xbox One S controller if you want to pair it with your Go. That's the only one that works. Yeah, yeah. sadly. So, um, so Rowdy, what have you been up to this week in the Metaverse, dude? I've been dancing. <laughs> you have? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been dancing. No, the, the thing that I actually played the most uh, the past week is, I think, uh, Recreal. I've played actually a fair bit oh, in that. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's so good. I really had such a great time in that. I mean, I met I met Mike and uh, and Zim in there as well. I played with Viper as well. Uh, I played with uh, with PD. I've played with uh, um, uh, User ID. So many people were playing this game, and it was so much fun and so hilarious yep. i really hope that they bring it out i think it's the 7th of june that yeah you're right it is uh, 
Uh, that can't come fast enough. I'm really looking forward to diving back in there. I had like some some trouble, like you know, getting used to the mechanics just because yeah. I, I don't play like Fortnite or PUBG or any of those. I've never played those, so it's it was for me a little bit like you know oh. getting used to like the concept and um, mm-hmm. the stuff there. But uh, no, I really had a great time, and I think it's a, it's an awesome multiplayer game. And I think if uh, I, I showed you guys like I, I forwarded like the graphs of the game as well, how well it was during. Yeah, the um, during it was insane. Like they had their all-time peak uh, on Saturday, I think, of like 500 uh, consecutive players. um, Awesome, which is which is awesome for for a VR game to have that many players together online playing a game. Uh, I think their uh, the amount of people that downloaded it almost like doubled. Like uh, yeah. the week or that, that started playing it, like it's like so much people got into this, uh, and so many people yeah. loved it uh, a lot because their Twitter was on fire as well. Really, really yeah. enjoyed that one. I think and we all felt the same way because, yeah, I mean, absolutely. to be honest, I am a huge Battle Royale player. I played it like through all kinds of things, DayZ, um, you know, and and I would say that their implementation for an alpha, I did expect this from them, to be honest, because they keep knocking it out of the park with each of their, their add-ons. But man, it was really good. I didn't know you were a BR yeah. virgin, Rowdy. Yeah, no, I just don't have the time to play any like regular games. Like you know, it's like uh, almost only it's it's, it's VR <laughs> games, and especially with games like like PUBG and Fortnite. Like th- those are not games that you jump in like for like oh, no. I'm gonna play for like half an hour. No, that's gonna no. be like a long time that you're playing no. it before you you know yeah. get any good in it or you have any fun. So that that's what it that, that's what it. And I think what I found really satisfying about playing Rec Room Battle Royale was that I could finally get my vengeance on those kids <laughs> that really yeah, annoyed yeah. me. A lot of people were saying that. You know, yeah. a lot of people I was like, oh, yeah, that. now it's time to, to see Mike get his vengeance on you guys. It's, it's fine. It's fu- they, they, we finally have a game mode that we can be pro in, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When I played Rec Room, it's like, I don't know how this works, and I feel yeah. too old for this game. But with this one, it was like, hey, I can hear a, a bunch of screaming kids again. And oh, I'm hiding the same like the, the paintball game, I really always liked that one. I really I do. do. Yeah. It's yeah. a really fun And that's, that's why this Rec Real one is so fun, because they yeah. used all the paintball mechanics in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, the and this is the thing, thing like, you want, go on, go on, Tim. I was just going to say that the smooth motion for me was a really a big yeah. game changer. The fact that, oh, yeah. uh, we said this yeah. last week, but just to reiterate, you actually it's a or b so you can either go teleport games or you can go for yeah. for smooth motion games and we were playing smooth motion games and it works really well and actually yeah. the island the map is 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 almost more important to battle royale games than anything and i think their map is really well done the coolest part about it for me was you can hide in a bush and peer through the little gaps in the bush waiting with your shotgun and then yeah. uh, pop out of the yeah. last minute and yeah, blast yeah, it. Yeah. that was so much fun you can't do that in any other br game that i know not not so well and, and it's one of the most where you can actually show off like the cool outfits that you have because I saw some yeah. people with like really cool outfits in there, like uh, really yeah. things that I would, that made me wonder like oh maybe I should play this game more just to get those outfits you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a very it's, good it's, it's funny someone was asking me like why why is your outfit the same for like two years now because I don't really have time to play it and level my character you know I always have the same outfit I'm like a low level because I always leave mid game because I did my recording and I need to go to the next one I want to play but it's just it's just like funny how much stuff people have and it's from from the, the the quests and it's from the paintball matches like you can unlock so much stuff in there yeah it's great scroll it down says in the chat uh, I'm a long term rec room player you all are just noobs <laughs> okay. okay there's a pro tip well, like, here for parents by the way uh, if you've got kids uh, they do a chore for you 
And then they end up unlocking a second short, which is like, oh, go play Rec Room for me and level my character to level 12. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for, for an elf, it was pretty polished, you know. Like, yeah, you're right. in the elf, you're like, almost spot yeah. on. Yeah, I think, um, like, the only thing they really need to work on is the is the, the connection, you know, because, I mean, 16 players is pretty rough for a server to run. So if they, they get that out of the way, then I think the, the mode itself is, is pretty solid on itself yeah, already. Yeah, but definitely. That's, that's the thing I noticed, like, frame drops because of the, the connection in there. But as Rowdy said, there was, like, a peak everyone was playing at. So how can you even yeah. handle that in the first place? So I, I would like more Fair players, enough. though, because there were times where yeah. I was uh, alone for a long period. Then the uh, so, like, 32 <laughs> players would be cool. I don't... I'm I'm afraid that's not gonna happen. I mean, I I've been asking them about that before. I said, like, why can't we have like a, a Wii Resort, you know, like a big island where you can do all kinds of stuff? It's it's too much right now. I don't right. think yeah. we can do that. The map no, would have to enough. be a lot bigger as well. Yeah, it but depends it's, on their server architecture primarily, Mike. And and so we, I think I think what I saw across the YouTubers who were who were casting it was you know frame loss as a result. I saw performance hits on my side. Well casting so it, it's right. it's definitely something uh inside but i think it was yeah. as you said related to the doubling on the concurrent user uh side because they really yeah, did they doubled yeah. their concurrent user yeah, their, their servers got hammering that weekend <laughs> yeah so uh nathy what did you what did you end up playing this week dude so i played budget cuts of course and what i wanted to talk about is uh Along together, <laughs> ah, right. It's, yes, a, right. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's a game made by Turbo Button, who also developed uh, Floor Plan and Adventure Time Magic. Uh, I want to say Magic Mike, <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> Magic Man. That's Ed a different. Games. That's a different show, dude. <laughs> I know. That's a show. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, this one is a. Uh, it's like Moss. It's a a first person slash third person uh, VR game. Um, so the the story is that um, there's a little girl or boy, it depends on what character you pick, uh, uh, that loses her or his dog, and you need to help them to find their path. So you are like their imaginary friend. You need to move things in the environment, like logs and and boulders and and stuff like that. Um, and you can also control them as the character itself, like in Mars, you know? So you see the character in front of you, it, it runs around, and in the meanwhile, you can use your hands to drag things around. Um, and I don't know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun game. It's not very challenging. The puzzles are fairly easy. I feel like the game has been targeted towards uh, families. But I, I, like in my opinion, there aren't enough games for the younger ones out there, or ones that are really like giving you an adventure for a couple of hours. So. I was like, first, like, ah, man, it's too easy. But then I was like, why not have more of these games for, like, the other groups out mm. there? So yeah. it's, it's a nice game. Yeah, it's nice. I, I reiterate that because uh, simpler controller schemes for, for younger kids. Particularly yeah. If you've got a kid, like, you know, I've got a four-year-old. It, she's, she's very good with games. I mean, she can play Left 4 Dead and mm. stuff like that. That's not a problem. But when it comes to, you know, VR <laughs> control systems, if it's too complicated, I don't think she could ever, you know, really yeah. do Windlands, for yeah. instance. You know, yeah. It depends, though, how natural it feels, though. Because I think that especially kids are, like, very quickly away with these things that, like, feel just very natural. Mm. Uh, like, like if I see, like, a kid working with an iPad, it's amazing, like, how, how natural yeah. they do it. Like, oh, yeah, I need to swipe yeah. up, swipe up. Well, if I need to explain it to my parents that they can swipe <laughs> on the thing, like, it's, like, yeah. takes me hours to explain it. 
Yeah. I think like like with this one, the the way it approaches you in in game is just super fun. It really uh, uh, awards you all the time for the stuff you do, you know. And the character, you can you can just interact with the character. You can move closer, and then the character's like, ah, don't get too close to my face. Or you can wave, and they wave back, and you can do all kinds of uh, like fun interactive uh, things. So yeah, I I think it's a fun game. Plus. You can play with one controller or with two. And with one controller, you only need to press one button. That's all. And the rest is just, um, you just point your controller and that's where the character moves to. So right. just one controller. Uh, and and it's, it's, so, it's just super easy to then, then mm. master, you know? Yeah. And that was what I was going to ask you because there is a port of this on the Oculus Go, right? Yes, so exactly. I don't know what, what platform you played uh -huh. this on. I played this on PC, so I played it with the oh, Vive, okay. but you could just see in the way the, the mechanics were working that it's it's a mobile title because it first came out on uh, Google Daydream. Yep, and right. um, <laughs> I mean, it's just one controller and one button, that's all. I mean, that's also how, how many buttons you use when you play on a standalone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, I, I really like this sort of trend that we're starting to see, the way you've got like a, a release on Oculus uh, Rift, you know, on Vive, on Go, on on all these mobile platforms as well. So it's kind of like a cross-platform yeah, well, play. I, I think like those games are always welcome. They have a certain style. They are not too hard, not too easy. Mm. I, I, I still like it when they also bring out like hardcore PC stuff because they are sure. also a little different. But I mean, the, the usually the art style and the way they they uh, play with the mechanics is, is super creative and yeah. unique in its own way. So yeah. also along together, yeah, I was, yeah, I was just going to say platform um, platform specific titles, as we said last week, really nice. So if you get even mm -hmm. like the bow, for instance, which we had in yeah. the Elms title, you know, or or using the Oculus Touch controllers as touch controllers and using all the features, it's great to see that. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, along, along Together is actually one of those games that uh, when I saw it was one that I really wanted to play almost straight away. And I just didn't have any time this week to play it. But I am planning to play it early next week for sure because I definitely want to play it on the go. Yeah, same. Time, yeah. time, time. Yeah, exactly. Time. Like you were saying about like not playing like non-VR games. Like there's just literally yeah. no time for that. I can't even fit in all the VR games. So um but anyway, uh, this week uh, I got to a chance to play uh, Archangel Hellfire. Um, me and Nathie actually played it together. Uh, full I still disclosure, need to try was like, that one. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's the thing. Full disclosure, like we, we were actually paid to play it and make a video uh, of it for like the channels. Um, just wanted to sort of put that out there just for for, for for complete sort of transparency. But if you've never heard of Archangel before, um, it released uh, August last year. Uh, originally, it was kind of like a story-driven uh, campaign where you sort of had this sort of guy that was a soldier and he lost his sort of son. And then you're in this like big mech and you're piloting uh, the weapons. Uh, you only really control the weapons because the movement is actually on rails. So you have no control over the movement. But the game had this kind of interesting story and the shooting felt really satisfying. And I, I enjoyed my time with it. Like I, I never actually finished the game, but I had I time... Did. Uh, playing it and, and, and had fun. And did you sort of find the end of it satisfying enough, Rowdy? Yeah, I actually, the ending was actually quite nice, I think. It was uh, okay. a pretty cool... I mean, there were, like, some choices that you had to make. Like, uh, you mm -hmm. know, I, I find I always find that concept interesting where you need to choose, like, am I going to do this? And, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious, like, a good route and an evil route. But yeah. um, it's still options. And I, I think that's always cool when a game does that. Yeah, yeah. And graphically, it looked really nice as well, yeah, I yeah. thought. 
Yeah, and uh, okay. so recently uh, the developers, um, they recently updated the game, adding uh, a multiplayer mode, which is called Hellfire. So if you buy Archangel right now, you'll obviously get the single story campaign, but you'll also get this multiplayer, which is the bolt-on to it. Uh, and Nathan and I sort of jumped oh. into a, a private match just together, and we were just fighting each other and chatting over Discord. <laughs> and we, they were like three different mech types. You could have this like small, nimble, fast one, a sort of med- medium range sort of one, and this like big Hulk one. Uh, and you've only got two maps to sort of play on, but the sort of parts of the map are destructible. So say if you fire a load of rockets and you miss your enemy and they hit the building behind it, then that'll just start crumbling and falling to the ground. So that was kind of cool. But there was one thing that was really, really nice, and that was that the small mech had this like power move where if you powered it up with enough battery, you could push the button and it would basically jet up into the sky and then fire a barrage of rockets down uh, on the ground. So it was almost like uh, that, that move from Overwatch where it's like death rains from above, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was, that was just so cool. Like the whole map just like kind of got destroyed after that. Um, but yeah, so normally the game is like a 2v2. Um, and I tried to sort of find a game outside the private match that me and Nathy had, but like I could only find one other player right now. Yeah. And I think I think that's the problem with a game like this is that they're, they're trying to drive a, a multiplayer community, but uh, right now the community is just not there. You know, unless you're like a Rec Room or an Onward or a Pavlov, like it's really difficult to yeah. get that community hooked to I, keep coming I, back to play the game. I really wonder how much they sold when this game came out because they even changed the name. They really try to kind of get away from the single player and now change it up to an online game. But I I don't know why they decided to do that because like Archangel on itself was fine, but then they also Hmm. changed the title. So it seems like they were like, ooh, uh, maybe we should really promote the multiplayer because right now, if you look at Steam and Oculus Home, they talk like almost only about the multiplayer and not really about that single player anymore. They changed the way they mm, explain the yeah. game. I don't really know what they want to do here, but yeah. I, I saw that the, the the community that is now on there is very small. So that's yeah. kind of like the, the problem here. If you got a yeah. couple of friends, then play it. But if you don't really have people to play with, yeah, I don't know how it's going to be in a few months, but we have seen this before. You know, it's it's usually the same story. Yeah. And it's a shame because I think like, you know, having played both now that the single player part of it is its strongest part, you know, like and it really they should just keep on promoting the fact that it's a single player game, but it has this multiplayer side to it as well, rather than the other way around, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, Archangel Hellfire. One one more thing, Mike, you need to tell uh, everyone about the way you join each other in, <laughs> oh, in Archangel because it's really funny. It's really funny. Uh, okay, so basically because me and Nathan were just playing together in a private game, like obviously I had to invite him to my game. And to do that, in, rather than using like Oculus uh, Home traditional invite system or anything like that, it uses its own system, which is quite archaic in that it generates a code that then you have to tell the other person and they have to then input that code. But the way you have to input it is to scroll along a load of letters and choose one, then move on to the next one, and it just takes forever, and it's just painful. <laughs> it's so painful. It could have, Why? Like, any, anyone could have designed a better invite system, I think. Uh, yeah. you know. like, like, aside, like, aside from playing the game, we had so much fun laughing about this invite. The menus. Yeah, it's true. I gotta have a stab here at Nintendo because this whole friend code thing needs to mm. die. I totally agree. Kind of anti-pedophile thing for kids that you have to have a friend code <laughs> to play with somebody. Yeah, I have hated that across all of Nintendo's product line. It's like I, I 
oh my god i'm just gonna i'm just gonna leave it mike because i can't <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree i totally agree like the, the friend system on the switch is complete mess and and the multiplayer is is a mess as well especially with voice chat like don't even get me started with that and this is why <laughs> this is why we need something like oculus rooms on every platform yeah, exactly yeah yeah. And, and and this is what I mean, like we've mentioned it before on the show, but like yeah. the integration of games within Oculus Rooms where you can just group up with friends and then just jump straight into a game. That's exactly what we want, but on Rift as well. Like, yeah, totally. imagine, imagine having like a cross-platform thing, you know, like the yeah. Oasis, like in Ready Player One, for example, yeah. where you can jump in with a Vive, with a Rift, with... with uh, standalones, with, with everything you can imagine. Yeah. That would be so yeah. epic. That would be nice. Well, you know who also is thinking about it? Zuckerberg. It's true, though. I'm sure he's he right. Yeah. He's trying. Yeah. And I think he will probably take it. So, moving on to a simpler time before Facebook and Zuckerberg was even around. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Sega Mega Drive. Well, if that was a, if, if, if he was in the UK, it was the Sega Mega Drive. If he was in the US, it was called the Genesis. Sega Genesis. Um, yeah. But recently, uh, the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis Classics got Steam VR support. So, you know, if you were a kid growing up, you were either a Sega guy or a Nintendo guy. You know, it was one or, one or the other. I was like a Super Nintendo kid growing up, but all my friends had Segas, and I was, that really, I never had any really annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we got to take a poll here then. I'm a, a Nintendo boy. Yeah, Nintendo for yeah, sure. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I, Sega. I, I didn't have <laughs> any of that. I, 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 never, I never had an Nintendo 64 or Sega. Rowdy was, actually went outside. Rowdy, <laughs> yeah. Rowdy was living on the streets. Back then, I had a life. Like, <laughs> it so dates him. He said, he said, I didn't have a Nintendo 64. There were two consoles before that one, Rowdy. Just going to, you know, put that out there. <laughs> See, that's... that's which which Rowdy, Rowdy's never even heard of the Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I so, did have one like, of those. Yeah, yeah, I did have one of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. The old, the big gray one. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> brick. Yeah, the brick. That's, that's yeah. as far as my. I had two games on that. So, if you were a Sega fan as a kid, then you know you may get a sort of a big punch in the nostalgia vibes right now because Sega have literally dropped the Sega Genesis collection on Steam, and it's added Steam VR support this week. So, basically, what you can do is you can now immerse yourself in your early '90s retro-themed bedroom and actually play the classics on a virtual CRT monitor. And uh, the you know the collection has got over 50 classic Sega titles such as Sonic, uh, Streets of Rage, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe. Uh, you know, those kind of games. So uh, if you were to go back now and play a, a Sega game, what would be your, your your choice of game? I'd be interested to know. Easy, easy choice. I would definitely go for Echo the Dolphin. And why? Echo the Dolphin. Because my wife said when she was a kid, she didn't want to play Echo the Dolphin because it was too scary. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, no way, honey. She's not a big fan of deep water and stuff. But I think just the immersive factor even though it was yeah. 2D at the time, of having this dolphin traverse underwater and there being bad things down there was just too wow. intense for her. So I'd probably choose that or Toe Jam and Earl. That's oh, yeah. Name. What a classic. What a classic. What about you guys? Do you have one at all, Rowdy? I, like, I, I, don't, I, have, I have no idea what even the games were. So, that, so like, Sonic, just, just so you know, like Sonic, yeah, Sonic was a hedgehog. Cool thing that, yeah, he that he one. went really fast, yeah. He went really <laughs> he went fast. Really fast. <laughs> <laughs> the blue oh, hedgehog, think, by the way. I know that my, my cousin, actually, she had the, one of those consoles, and she had the, the Sonic game. Which one? I don't know. She also had Mario. Yeah. Uh, I think I would say Sonic then, yeah, because I always liked it, the guy running so fast. That's, that's what kind you want to myself. myself. 
now like yeah. the fastest youtuber alive <laughs> no, <it's not laughs> <true>. <laughs> so what about you Nathie? do you have any sort of sega classics that you know really sort of pull at the heartstrings yeah so I'm, I'm looking at this list right now and uh i i would i would say rambo rambo <laughs> like that that's what i i still haven't played but that would be a fun yeah. one but I'm yeah, also like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty young people. So I, I, I did have like a Super Nintendo. Oh no, I had like a Game Boy. So that's like, that was like my first Nintendo. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I did play on the Super Nintendo a lot, but with the Sega, I never really had like a Sega. Uh, I would love to play Bomberman too, by the way. Mike, right I'm gonna ask you a question then on this one, because you you have to tell us yours first, actually. Okay. So my, my Sega uh, classic? Yeah. Oh, it would be it would be Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, because um, wow. it's the only real game I played on on the on the Mega Drive. Like I remember staying with my cousin, and he had one because I was a, a Nintendo kid, and uh, I ended up just playing uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for the first time on his console. So I completed it on his console. Wow. What about you? Um, the thing I was going to say was, do you remember that era of consoles where hardware add-ons were a thing? So there was like the Sega yes. 32-bit, like you'd like crunch it, oh my god, the expander, yeah. and then we give the extra memory so you oh. can play the better game. I mean, you had that as well on, I remember playing one of the Turok games on N64 where you literally had this little like black chip that you just jam into it yes. and the expanded memory. I just love those, yeah. those days when you could like literally hardware update and they had planned that from earlier days. I remember back, you know, the DK2 had the little USB expansion port and I was like, they're going to yeah. do something. Yeah. It's, it's I, the I, same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same with the Super Nintendo where you had like the, the converter, you know, for like two different cartridges. Yeah. Right? Mm. yeah so you could play like uh, games from other regions. Or yeah. You have to deal with nowadays, is it? Like no. region free games, we take it for granted now. Uh, but it used to be a real problem back in the day. Oh, I remember I, tra I traveled to Ireland and I bought, um, uh, it was like an F-Zero game for N64 and I brought it back, mm. you know, and they're like, no, I'm sorry, this is PAL format. You you need NTSC. And I, it was such a pain in the ass because it was like two and a, it was like two and a half weeks me getting it back to my console. And they're like, I can't even play it. So no, we don't have no, that. And anymore. they were expensive as well. They were like 50 quid for like a, a, a game back then. Oh, very Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. So, so back back in the days, we were playing with our Super Nintendos and our Mega Drives. And, and meanwhile, Rowdy was playing Jumanji. True <laughs> <laughs> yeah. story. Probably, probably. Yeah. That would totally fit in an era, right? I mean, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or was it the Halo one? I don't even know anymore. Uh, I uh, did play Halo, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to slip so, in one price point thing here, Mike, because I have to slip in the story from my days in the Caribbean. The most expensive cartridge game I ever saw was in what was called a Kmart, not too dissimilar from kind of a Tesco over here where they sell, uh, you know, groceries, but also kind of random stuff. Um, and it was a, it was Mortal Kombat Ultimate for $130. Yeah. Oh, wow. They, they uh, import, you know, geez. when you're trying to get something to a Caribbean island, it, you have charges yeah. or duty or whatever. They also have local government, which is totally fucking corrupt. And <laughs> yeah. you end up with 130 quid for a game. So anyway. And, and, and now, and now you t pay like twice uh, as much as you paid. So, I mean, yeah. still cheap. Still <laughs> cheap. <laughs> yeah. So if you're interested in the Sega Classics uh, collection, you can buy the complete collection for $29.99 in US dollars, uh, $24.99 in British pounds, and $29.99 in euros. So you can check it out on Steam right now. Um, moving on to the next bit of quick news, and that is To The Top has released on PSVR. 
if you own a PSVR, you're in luck because uh, this VR platform game is dropped already. It came out on the 29th of May. Uh, the developers Electric Hat Games uh, have teamed up with Panic Button to bring the sort of PSVR port yeah. over. And uh, I thought this was a pretty solid title from last year. You know, I, I had a lot of fun with it when I played with it. Um, you kind of get to jump and climb in VR. It's kind of like a platforming, uh, free-running game. It's kind of maybe a bit like Winlands that gives you that real sense of uh, free movement and speed. For me, it's, um, it's a, it looks like a clone of Climby. Yeah, so it's like yeah. Climby and Winlands had a baby with sprint, sprint Vector, you know? They kind of had a, <laughs> a menage a trois. I and, think and, this and, was and first. No? It came out. Yeah, it was. It, it came out first, yeah. It, it was the one that kind of spawned. It, yeah. Win, Winlands came out though. first, actually. Winlands was yeah. first, then, then, then to the top. Then to the top, right? But to the top, I yeah. really like to the top, though. Are you sure about that? I thought it was, I thought it was Winlands, Climby, to the top, the climb, uh, spin factor. Uh, the climb order. goes a little bit more, uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <Doesn't matter>. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, but it's, a, it's a fun game, is what we're saying. You know, it's, like a, yeah. it's a good mix of genres. It's like a little bit like Mirror's Edge or something, you know? Yeah, like, yeah that's where I would, would compare it to, because you can like yeah. speed things up by like, you know, climbing faster and like get those like those red things. Like I really liked, and the environments were really cool. And that mm. was, the, I think, one of the first games after Windlands where I got like the first like real sense of height. It's like, yeah. holy. Also, because they use like wind effects, like when you're somewhere like a little bit higher. That was mm. that was really cool to, to have that there. Uh, that's that's, that's yeah. too new school for me. I played Windlands on my DK1. <laughs> Old school. I know. Right? OG. First demo ever. Yeah. yeah. I played it on my Game Boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Okay. I played it on my so TI 85. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Commodore 64, that bros. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, so <laughs> back on topic, like to the top, it also had like a really energetic soundtrack as well, which kind of uh, kept pushing you to keep going and move faster as well. So it's a, it's a really cool game. Like if you've got a PSVR and you're looking for a title to play, I'd recommend you go check it out. Yeah. It's available now on the PlayStation Store for $14.99 in British pounds, nice. $19.99 in US dollars. And that's so just point out, is that is that single player basically? So you got a single player campaign? Uh, and, and multiplayer as well. Multiplayer. the multiplayer. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. So the single player is, Yeah, it's just basically like a, a time trial set of levels. So basically, you get ranked, and you want to get like a, you know like the best ranking on each run, and uh, you know it urges you to go back and speed run them because then you can unlock outfits and cosmetic items for your character and stuff like that. It's cool. cool. Thanks, man. You do need you do need friends for this game, by the way, uh, Zim. So. Uh... I feel like Chris, Chris Pratt amongst the Velociraptors right now. Like I need to hold them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on uh, to our final bit of quick news this week, and that is that that maybe uh, a new super hot game is coming to VR. So recently, the developers of Superhot did an interview with Destructoid um, about sort of like their studio, their development process and things that they're working on in the future. 
And uh, Destructoid asked them, like, you know, what are your thoughts on a sequel to Superhot? And they kind of said that they wanted to do something like uh, an evolution of the original game rather than just a, a cash-in sequel. And this is kind of what they said word for word. So I hesitate on your distinction between evolution and a sequel, because if it's a proper evolution, it's a proper sequel. This is something that really didn't click with the original Superhot VR game because the animations were all made for a 2D game and it was kind of hacked together to be a VR game. It's mm. a hack. It's not like an animation system that was designed from the ground up. There's some legacy from this, the flat screen version. What we're developing now is making an even more core VR experience. So that kind of like hinted at the fact that they're working on something from the ground up for VR, which is very exciting because right. I always thought that Superhot was a fantastic VR game. And even though they describe it as a kind of hacked together 2D game that worked in VR, it still is one of my favorite VR games. Uh, I know that, that Zim doesn't necessarily agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's still one of my favorite uh, games. Just So I think it's a must play. Uh, I think you've got mm. to play Superhot. I just don't think it was yeah. beating things like Resident Evil and stuff like that for the awards, you know, when we were talking. Uh, yeah, Hold yeah. your horses there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's, it feels much more like a real VR game. Like, even though it is a hack. Yeah, but no, I mean, like, the motion controls, like, the, the movement of your of your body and all of that, it. like, uh, it yeah. feels so good. I, up to this date, I still think if I have to rank it amongst, I, it would be in my top three for sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah, same, same. super hard. If, if if someone comes over and says, "Can I try a VR game?" I would drop them into that one. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's it's one of those things where I've felt that feeling before, and that feeling I felt was in Max Payne One and Two, and I haven't yet felt yeah. the same level of satisfaction yeah, dude. in yeah. VR. I want Max Payne in VR. Uh, if I, I can like, do that, yeah. and I don't actually break my shoulder yeah. jumping down a staircase. I did I did do that Max Payne move in Super Hot and it was pretty epic to do that. But I had to use some pillows uh, to actually land. <laughs> uh, according to uh, Dr. Angrish, uh, he, sh- he said that uh, we should call this new uh, Super Hot game Super Hotter. Super Hotter. <laughs> yeah, Super Hotter. That's a cool name. I like that one. I like that one. Can, yeah. can I... Sure. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Go I, I'm just going to say, like, it's just very exciting because, like, you know, since they haven't really brought out another VR game since Superhot, and they've obviously worked on, like, uh, additions to the original core game on PC. Uh, so it's nice to kind of get a bit of a snippet that they're working on something VR related, whether it be a Superhot sequel or a brand yeah. new game. Uh, I think it's exciting indeed. But, I think but, they're a cool studio. But seriously, though, like more devs should play with the motion. I mean, how many games have we seen where you really like you you can't you shouldn't move or you need to move to kind of set things in motion? Mm. Would be fun. I uh, yeah, I would be up for another concept uh, regarding that, and not in a way where it's a shooter, maybe, but something totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm. But with mm. Super Hunter, that that kind of concept really defines the entire game. I think. I think that's what the but the thing is, like, you know, if, if you take away that concept, it's just a regular shooter. Yeah, it's exactly. True. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I couldn't imagine playing Superhot on PC. I couldn't imagine playing it any other way than than in VR. Like, I've never played it on PC, but it doesn't appeal to I, me having played it in have, VR and they already. raved about it. They actually thought it was quite good. So I, I, the thing, the number one accolade I have to give to the team behind Superhot has to be the fact that they produced a 2D game and a VR game and a VR game that feels like a VR game and one of the things mm. that Rowdy said in terms of the feeling of it. 
Well, but they always they always kept the VR part in mind. They never thought yeah. like let's add it later. They always like they yep. did early demos with the DK2 with without any like motion controllers. So they were always planning to kind of do something with VR there. So well, what I like so much is because they slow down the time, it makes it so easy to feel like a superhero. You know, like yeah. oh, I'm just going hmm. to dodge yeah. the bullets and punch the guy in the face. Like that's so awesome to do that. I really yeah, like that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and, and also for – this is something that I find is really important for games in general is that there's a lot of artwork and detail that just blows you by. And if you, the game itself almost for, not forces you to take a look but enables you to take a deeper look, even if something for like this. This is a relatively lo-fi game. It's not like it's got yeah, super yeah. deep textures or anything. But the game itself from a VR stance, if you've been in it, it's beautiful to look at, even though it's got yeah, this it kind of simplistic, almost monochromatic look to it. Yep. And I would say, yep. Mike, that so you've got the time element, the time bending element, but you've also got the look. And I think the look of the yep. game and the kind of textures that you have or almost texture free environment that you have is, for yep. me, yep. half the experience. So yep. so in the end, we need a Max Payne in VR. Max Thank you. VR. There you go. Yeah. I got one more thing uh, before we uh, move on to the next topic. I saw it like pop up in the chat like a, a few more times. Have you guys heard about that the BBC is announcing uh, the World Cup kind of uh, in VR? I did not. Yeah, so I, I did hear about this. Um, a friend of mine uh, who's a bit of a, f- a football nut and has recently bought a, an Oculus Go uh, contacted me and said, oh, have you seen this? And I'm not a massive f- football fan, so I didn't really take that much notice, but I was aware of the fact that this was happening. And um, he was kind of saying that basically you can watch the World, the, the World Cup in, in VR, but he was saying he wasn't sure whether he could invite his friends a bit like Oculus Rooms and watch it together. I mean, that's not the case. That's that not the case. Well, it's basically in, in like you're in like a separate... We lose Rowdy? Oh. Yeah. We lost Rowdy's voice, I think. <laughs> His mic's gone. Someone hello, hello, hello? Yes. Oh, that's better. Ah, okay. Uh, you're basically in like a sort of like a cabin. Like that's like a, you have your own VIP cabin. That's where you're in. Ah, and, nice. Um, you can also see like the goal behind and uh, on the other side as well. That's how they do it. Wow. Wow, that is impressive. Oh, and certainly venues is on my list of things to check out Same. this week. Um, because I know that they've been having these venues uh, events, and everyone that's attended so far has said it's been really, really great. Oh, Three AM, <laughs> exactly, and that's the problem for us in in, yeah. in Europe and the UK. We always get screwed over with the time zones, always, so, always. Exactly. and and with the recent lux too. I like. almost set my alarm and got up. I almost. Yeah. I really would do it if I was if I was feeling a bit better. I would back and have done it because you know three AM is still doable. But for is, them. Is, is is everything available for like Europeans as well, or is it also like American stuff only that is region locked? It's not region locked, as far as I'm aware. From what I've read, it's not region locked. It's just time <laughs> time locked. Time. Yeah, like, time lock. Time lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, maybe if uh, you you guys are up for it and there's a decent event going on, maybe we should take make the effort to uh, yeah, to do it for science. Uh, yeah, this yeah, would be like Mystery Science Theater 3000 if the four of us watched a game of footy or something. You know, we'd just yeah, be commentating. Be <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. I'll be good. I'm okay. going to watch. So let's move on playing today. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Who are they playing against then? It's just a friendly against Portugal. Uh. Have you got money on it, Rowdy? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gambling man. <laughs> okay. 
So let's move on to our main topic because we're burning through time here very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, so last week we mentioned that Budget Cuts was releasing on Steam on the 31st of May. And if you're all like, well, where is Budget Cuts? Where is it? You lied to us. You gave us fake news. Well, uh, I'm sorry, but to, but to let you know, unfortunately, the developers, Neat Corporation, announced the day before release that they're delaying the game for a little bit longer to polish it up because... There was a few sort of bugs, a few graphical bugs, uh, sort of some performance issues as well. Um, and I know that everyone, some people are going to be really disappointed because, like, you know, the game's been in development for so long as well. Like, it's been in development for, like, two years. Everyone's been really hyped about it ever since, like, the original demo came out. Um, but we got to try it out this week, right? Like, uh, you guys have played it as well because we got had uh, sort of early access, press access. So some of yeah. us made videos about it as well and put it on our channels. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun with the game. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'd never played the demo before, so I kind of went in fresh. But I really liked the fact that it was a stealth game because, like, although I had seen stuff before, I never really understood that that was its kind of core mm. gameplay mechanic, right? It was this kind of stealth element to it. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. What about you guys? Yeah, same. I actually, uh, I, I didn't really encounter any like game breaking bugs at any point for me, mm. at least. Like, uh, I've I've played a good two hours now, I think two or three hours, maybe even, uh, in the game, and I haven't encountered anything that I would say like, oh yeah, this makes the game literally unplayable for me. I've had one scene where it like you know it like fl- flickered me through the roof like for like a blink of a second or something. I could see like the textures. But that's it. That's all I all I had. Like uh, I don't know what uh, the bugs are that people are talking about. Like for I, example, upload is postponing it. Um, they did a review now, so. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I mean it, like for everyone else like it, it it there's a different meaning to game breaking, you know. <laughs> so like for me, lag is a game breaking thing. I, I don't like it I when a game is not well optimized. Mm-hmm. After there was a moment where I started going through the ceiling or something because in budget cuts you can teleport and and then go to all places through the ceiling fence whatever uh, there's like a, a certain moment in this game where it's not very optimized at least not for me and i got a killer pc so if it lags on my pc there is something going on with with the development there yeah. but overall I I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad it's not like totally broken for me it was just like flickering textures uh ones that just disappear uh, some some uh, uh levels that are not well optimized and uh, my my inventory did some crazy stuff. That, yeah, I can only all. speak for for what I saw, of course. Like I, yeah, I didn't no, notice anything like that. I, my inventory never did anything weird. Uh, my uh, my game, like like only I had that one uh, pink flicker one time in in a level. I was gonna um, say, what is this pink I, flicker? Because I see Sweet Viper well, talking about it in chat oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Is the pink flicker? Well, the, the thing is, like, if you want to trigger that, um, there you have like three tools in in budget cuts, right? You have a, uh, a translocator; it's like the portal gun. Then you have a, uh, a tool that you can just use to hold things and drag things, and and then you have the magnifying glass. And if you started using that from the very start in in the like new game, um, it it triggers uh, certain areas, and then it will just flicker and things disappear, and then you okay. see. I still stuff. haven't used that tool because I don't know what it does. Maybe that's okay. why I'm not encountering well, any well, issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you if you do use the magnifying glass. Well, what does it do? What, trigger, what, what does it do? It, it shows you hidden uh, 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 messages. Yeah. At least so far that I've played it. Um, but there is more oh, going okay. on with that. But 
yeah. yeah. And that's oh. the thing, like uh, like you guys, I, I did encounter the sort of pink flickering. Uh, it only happened once, and then I moved yeah. to another room, and then it was gone. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, what I did find is in certain areas, uh, there was a big performance dip. So say it was an area that was heavily populated with the sort of robotic guards, then it was a big dip in performance on that. And I was using the Rift, so... Um, that's strange, because I, I didn't have that. I, did, I really mm-hmm. didn't, because I, I've had, like, things with, like, six or seven bots in there, and I had yeah. no performance issues. Yeah. But I have to say though, when 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 the game was running and it was good, like I, I had a great time yeah. with it. And some yeah. and things no. like it, it did some things in that game that I've never experienced in any other VR game, like hiding in a roof space and looking like being on your hands and knees on the floor and looking through a ceiling tile down to the room below was actually like so immersive. Like yeah. I actually felt like I was in a roof. Like it was that. Please, cool. like, please, sticking Sorry. your head through a vent. That's also hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you, you know that you can just there's no vent there but you still go like on your knees you still like, yeah. you're like eh. yeah. this game this game plays so well with the, the fact that it's room scale that you can just move around in your like little uh, play space and I think that's like the the, the, the the best of the whole game where you can just yeah. really like you need to hide you really need to do physical stuff um, it's super intense, but I, I, I do get it that they postponed it, and I think it's good because it's a it was a very ambitious project from the very start, and I they just need a couple of more weeks maybe to yep. like fix this, and then it's fine. This is like one of the best games of this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It really is. Even that these bugs are game breaking or not not very well good for the for the public out there. I think that after all that stuff is gone, it's freaking epic. It's such a yeah. good game. And I think that's that's the sort of point to take away from this is that although we've encountered these things, we did have an early press build as well. It wasn't even like the build that they were going to release on the thirty first. It was before that. It was just like from from them from their side. It was kind of of like bad timing because they wanted to promote the game. They wanted us to play it, and then they found out that they weren't really ready yet. But besides of that, it's not bad. No. And like you said, Nathie, like I admire the fact that they're holding strong, even though the the public reaction can be a bit, you know, uh, sour at times. That they were strong enough to say, "No, we want to release it when we feel like it's ready." And and that takes a lot of guts to do something like that because we've seen yeah. it so many times where a developer has released a half baked game and just expected I, it to to sell well, you know. But so, dude, like seriously, like huge respect for such a small team for creating something like this, you know, from because they first had budget cuts, the demo that was like their first maybe prototype, they changed the whole thing. It's almost yeah. like they started from scratch again and made a new game. And they yeah. were with a team of like, I don't know, six, eight people, not that many. Um, so, I mean, for just a small team, this game is freaking epic. But even the demo already was so good. And then the demo was, the demo was yeah. Good. I mean, the yeah. teleportation they made, they they discovered is like like so fresh, so unique. It's still unique in a way. Yeah. Um. I like as Rowdy said, like, is it still like the the hype around this game could kind of like kill it? But in the end, I think it's gonna be all right. But it's but the thing bad. is, like like I said, it's it's the only VR stealth game that I know of. <laughs> you know, like I I don't uh, think there there's many few, other not, VR not stealth games level. out there. Now I just want to be Sam Fisher in VR. Damn it, Mike, you're bringing me back to... Unnightly is another one. Unnightly. Yeah. Right. But but that right. one doesn't come close to like the 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 the, the polish of yeah. uh, budget cuts. But well, we'll see. I don't know how much how long. Like when do you guys think it's gonna come out? Maybe they they said they said on a post on Reddit that it's gonna be like sort of another two to three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's the right choice, right? So, like, I'm, there's there's a really important thing. So if you're going to be late, right? Like, there's there's two things you can do. 
either be late or be underprepared, but like never be late and underprepared. And I think that's that's what they've done because they already pushed yeah. their dates, right? And and so to yeah. push that again or to release under under you know any kind of pressure with the bugs I, i'm actually i'm glad i've abstained from this because i'll get to compare with your guys kind of initial impressions and actually touch yeah. it only once it's I, like, but buff. don't get me wrong like none of these none of these bugs were game breaking for me like it didn't yeah. it didn't it hinder the, the experience for me i still had a great time with it and that's that's the thing i can understand they just want to polish it even more yeah. I, I get that yeah you know i was i was uh, i was very I was very surprised that uh, the community on Reddit as well said, like, you know, it's fine. Just take your time to... Because yeah. we have also seen other games that were never finished properly. <laughs> they got, like, completely destroyed and they never sold any copies anymore. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm so happy that people still know, like, the, the, the first demo and that they are like, you know, listen, just, yeah. just take all the time. It's, it's such, like, a cool way to, like interact with the community by saying hey listen they also gave them a list right of all the things they were working yeah, on so they, I, did. they did the only thing i would mention is that if you're using oculus rift is that the, the game is designed for room scale so you may struggle with just like two front facing sensors uh, you really need like a room scale setup for it to work and the space as well to move around in yeah so so mike how how did it play in in in, in the way you were using your uh oculus touch controllers because we all know that Budget cuts got made with five controllers in mind, mm. and it also looks like that because they want you to press certain buttons. How did how did that no, work for you? No, it's different. If you have it on on Rift, the controllers look completely oh, different. Yeah, oh, they that was it up. they ah. did. They, yeah, and, and I said that at the beginning of my playthrough of it because I remember everyone saying that yeah. if they played the demo with Rift, that they were Vive controllers in their hands. Yeah. But in in the actual full release, they actually changed nice. it to look like touch controllers. Nice. They did a fantastic nice. job. They did. They did. Um, so yeah, that is budget cuts. It will be coming soon, and in my opinion, it will be worth the wait. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so moving on to some other news, and that is the Nolo CV1. So this is some interesting hardware news this week. Um, so I actually got sent uh, a Nolo CV1 package to check out. So just full disclosure, I did get it for free. Uh, if you're not familiar with Nolo, they uh, they launched a Kickstarter campaign like just over a year ago, where they launched like a tracking system and controllers for mobile VR. And this was meant to sort of make, uh, you know, Google Cardboard and Gear VR uh, six degrees of freedom tracking for the headset and then six degrees of tracking with the controllers as well. And that was their whole goal, right? So the Kickstarter launched and uh, they were sort of saying it was going to be about $99 in the US. And it smashed their original sort of goal of 50,000 $50, US dollars. And they ended up raising around sort of 230,000 US dollars. And uh, Nolo sort of came to be and they shipped it out to everyone. But... Really, it didn't really work that great, and uh, a lot of people were really disappointed. Since then, the price has actually gone up. So if you want to buy a Nolo CV1 now, it's like actually $199. Hmm. And then on top of that, you also need a license for a bit of software called Riftcat. Now, Riftcat is basically what you use to stream Steam VR games to your mobile VR headset. Um, and you can play play those sort of Steam VR games using a Google Cardboard or a Gear VR, and now the Oculus Go. So. The only reason why I wanted to check out the CV1, uh, the Nolo CV1, was to check it out with the Oculus Go. And they said that they've re recently enabled it to be compatible. And they sort of sent me some really, really basic instructions. Half of it was in Chinese or, you know, uh, and the other half was like barely intelligible. 
Um, but I worked my way through it and sort of persisted and eventually got it up and running. And I'll show you what sort of comes in the box. You've kind of got this um, base station here, which is a little sort of tracking box. Uh, it's completely wireless, by the way. It's just got like a rechargeable battery inside. So you just turn it on. Is, is it that the one that feeds naked images of you back to China? Exactly. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> so this basically yeah. works like a, um, like a Vive lighthouse, but wireless. That's kind of the technology that it uses. And then you've got these two um, six degrees of freedom uh, controllers with uh, trackpads and uh, <laughs> some buttons and some <laughs> back with these like balls on top. That <laughs> yeah. it. And then like, like a karaoke disco setup, I'd say, Mike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah that's also do disco stuff. <laughs> So this, uh, this, this is actually the headset tracker, and you basically affix ah. that to your Oculus Go, and then you plug it in using the micro USB on the Go and this little tracker here. Oh, whoa. How did you, how did you affix it, Mike? Uh, I used some um, little tape that I could remove because it comes with some like industrial 3M tape, and I was like, there's no freaking way I'm putting that on my Oculus Go. <laughs> um, so I used some, some like just temporary tape to put it on there. Good. But... Um, you know, the whole installation, because you have to sideload a lot of applications onto the go for this to work. Can you describe what that is? Because people won't necessarily know what sideloading is. Okay, so basically what you need to do is you need to connect your Oculus Go to your PC. You need to create a developer account through Oculus. Then you need to sideload uh, ADB, which is the Android uh, sort of software to communicate between the Go and your PC and transfer applications to it. And to do that, you need to use command prompt. So if you're not familiar with command prompt, you're going to have a nightmare. And then from there on, you need to do uh, some other wizardry and install other applications to make stuff work. It is a nightmare. I'm not even going to recommend even trying it because the, 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 the process is so painful. And unless you really want to tinker with stuff, and you're that way inclined. Like, if you like program Raspberry Pis on your day off, then maybe give it a go. But if that's not you, then don't even bother thinking about it because it will just I, drive you nuts. I, so, I, I, do, um, I do like the idea of this, but but the thing is, send me one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna do all of that stuff though. No. no. And, and mean, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. Like they said, they said that you can stream Steam VR titles to your Oculus Go, and that was exciting why? to me. So I just wanted. To, to try it out for science, right? For science, science. Uh, more than anything else, because you wouldn't want to do this to play games on. You know, if you've got a VR compatible PC that can play VR games, yes. you don't want to spend two hundred dollars on a Go and then two hundred dollars on a Note. Two hundred dollars on this—that's already yeah. more than a Rift, right? You just that's, buy a Rift, and, and that's, that's exactly that's going to be more than a Santa Cruz. Uh, no, 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 Rowdy. You buy a Vive Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and, and this is my point. You, you do go out and buy a Rift. I, I wouldn't recommend this as a setup to play Steam VR games. Oh. Definitely not 100%. However, there is a big caveat to this. And I think the main reason why I did the video was to kind of show its potential. And what I want to try and spark is a conversation between Nolo and Oculus. Because with this technology, you can mm. actually install apps like mobile apps and uh, and use those natively with the controllers which works way That's better than this exactly and if 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 hmm. oculus allow the the nolo sdk to be installed on the go so you don't have to do all this crazy like sideloading crap and you can just plug it in and it works and then they allow developers on the oculus app store to say this has got nolo support well then we could actually see a proper version of Beat Saber, for example, for the Go that has full six degrees of freedom support and will work natively without any latency and will be a great experience. Yeah. And that's how what I'm quite excited about. How is the connectivity, Mike? Because that's my main question. Whenever you're beaming uh, yeah. for that purpose, beaming it, it, it's, it's, it's horrible. Like, it's okay. like, 
the, the, the latency, even if you've got a five gigahertz Wi-Fi connection, which is what they recommend, the latency in the headset of the video isn't great. And the resolution of the video isn't great. You get artifacting, you get cutouts. Uh, it's not ideal, um, but it does work. And that's the thing that sort of uh, made me want to talk about it and made me want to do a video about it was because Mm. it's got this great potential, but to unlock that potential, it really needs Oculus to say, okay, we allow them to use our platform, but that's going to be a big struggle, I think. And that's going to be a limiting factor. The thing is like we have, soon we have the Oculus Go, Santa Cruz, Oculus Rift. So it's smart that that they are now bringing it out, but soon they will not be that like relevant anymore yeah they're gonna get overtaken like by end, Rift too and like the oculus go of course it's nice to make it like positional track and things like that but mm-hmm. in the end this is the oculus go it has no positional tracking it's cheap in price that's mm-hmm. one thing and then you have the santa cruz that's something else where you actually mm-hmm. have tracking so i mean yeah you could throw some money at that but then in the end of course right now there is not no other that's, thing that's with a lot of technologies though a lot of stuff that is being developed is not going to be relevant in a couple of years and they'll probably move on to something else but i mean i do i do think it's good that they're working on this and i see arrogant chat saying as well that nolo nolo also has a mobile storefront where you don't need to connect to the pc so that they have their own their own store yeah. where you where you can install apps on. where, where this thing gets interesting for me is indeed like the mobile apps that yeah. would allow six degrees of freedom and anything else, even streaming yeah. from a PC. Because, I mean, the only reason why I would be doing that is, for example, if I'm not in a country and I boot up my PC in my own country <laughs> and I just transfer it all the way with the internet <laughs> to my home, that's that some, in some way to London. Yes, if I could yeah. do that, which I can't, of course. Yeah. Then I would be like, yeah, that's that's so, cool. So, so Rowdy, give it give it to like twenty years, and I'm sure that technology yeah. will have at least yeah. I'm packing this for twenty years. <laughs> so the thing is, like Eric mentioned, that there is a Nolo app, and that is true. But that is just for Gear VR. Like there isn't a Nolo app for the Go, and that's really what it needs. If there was a Nolo uh, app for the yeah. Go, so where Mike, you could just plug it in and it works. You're you're essentially saying that Nolo is a no go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I, I would say that, yeah, you, if you want to stream, uh, you know, if you want to play Steam VR games, just go and buy a Rift or a Vive. You know, it's don't, don't try it's and cheaper, get this to work yeah. on mobile because it, it, it's, it's cheaper. And also you're not going to like, you know, get so frustrated with the whole setup procedure because it's so painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. all I would say is that if, if Oculus and Nolo can have that yeah. talk and get together and have a little, uh, you know, yeah conversation to get it to work then we could see some really great stuff coming yeah. out of this thing yeah, i do i do hope the- they i do hope they will partner up with someone interesting to kind of like you know yeah bundle yeah powers. And, and 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 that's really why i made that video was to kind of give them the sort of attention mm-hmm. that they need because they're, they're struggling you know and it does work but just not very well that's all i'd say so i wouldn't yeah. recommend it I'm- for steam vr streaming but it has potential in the future I'm going to say one thing here. Uh, I'm just going to say that, Mike, uh, thank you for testing this for science because that is dedication. And it's nice that, you know, now you're free, freelancing and uh, doing this thing 100%. Um, you're able to do some things like that. I think that's a really good thing for the community. But I'd also just say that I think, you know, guys, and just a bit of feedback here and, and to promote Mike a little bit because I think Mike's done a really great job finding his niche and he does these things very often and uh yep. got a great show going mike so uh, if you're not yeah, following mike yeah, on youtube do yeah, it let's, let's give him a round of applause <laughs> you're gonna make me blush guys you're make me blush. <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much for that but yeah so there, there we have it that is the the nolo cv1 um you can go and check it out if you're interested yeah. um but let's move on to our final topic which is transference vr so 
Uh, Ubisoft, obviously a big, you know, studio developing tons of cool games right now, pancake games along with VR games. Uh, they've got a couple of VR titles in the works right now. They've got one which is a, uh, a frantic first-person space shooter called Space Junkies, which I got to check out on uh, Oculus Connect. Uh, so did Zim. Okay, it's a lot so of fun, good. that game. It's like... It's basically like Quake in VR. It's it's, it's that fast paced and and so and and, uh, and 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 visceral. Um, but the second game is a very interesting one indeed, and that is called Transference. And what Transference is is a psychological thriller, and it's a sort of collaborative work between Ubisoft and a company called Spectavision. Mm. Now, Spectavision is interesting because it's a film production company that was actually founded by Elijah Wood, uh, you know, the famous actor that played the Hobbit in Lord of the Rings. Who do. And, uh, and and Elijah isn't new to VR. Like uh, he he actually played Nathie's favorite little hedgehog, um, Henry. Oh, and oh, oh. Uh, and he met Frank. Do you guys know that? Yes. He met PSVR Frank. Uh, no, no, he no. Did. He did. Don't, yeah. he did. don't do it. He did. Don't okay, tell I need to hear the story don't now. Tell the whole story, please. <laughs> you I, have to know. It's the rule. Can I, can I hear a snippet of this story, though, please? Basically, uh, uh, Frank had some air. And uh, he was uh, standing next to oh, someone that he didn't realize. And uh, all of a sudden, the guy turned around and said, hmm, nice one. And it appeared to be Elijah Wood. Oh, and where was his hair coming from? His mouth or his... his... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. That's the most famous oh, it's, it's, it's when we all went to when we when we went to Sweden and we went back. I think that uh, Elijah Wood was on holiday there or something uh, with his I don't know for family or something. I don't oh. know the exact reason why he was there, but he oh. well Frank was like in, I think at a smoking cabin or something, and he didn't realize there was anyone else there, but Elijah Wood was in there. So, he, so yeah, so this, this was in Sweden when you all went to uh, yeah, yeah. Sweden. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Okay, well, I get I get the story now. So. <laughs> So back on topic, like Elijah Wood basically founded this uh, Spectavision company, and uh, now they seem to be working on something really kind of interesting and a little bit dark, I think. Because um, in Transference, apparently you will lose yourself in a destructive tale of a man's obsession as you explore his digitally recreated memories. This sounds something like sort of um, Inception-y, you know, a bit can... sort of Black Mirror. Has anyone else here played it? Because I did. Oh, you've played it. I've played it. I played it. They had. They were showing oh. it at, uh, at Oculus Connect 4. It is a weird game. Weird yeah. is the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say yeah. is if you're familiar with like David Lynch films, so things mm. that are just feckin' inexplicable after the first watch, it's a bit <laughs> like that. Um, okay. The demo that I played, I'll just cover this mic real quick if, you, if that's all right. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, go for it, man. So, so last summer at Oculus Connect 4, they had a booth and, and they, they put me in it. There wasn't anyone queuing up for this game because it was a bit mysterious in terms of the look and the artwork that they had. Um, but going into it, you were basically, I think you were either the father, I think you were the father and there was a son uh, relationship, except for it was spliced across three different time periods. So you were in the game. And as you were walking through several rooms in this house that was quite darkly lit, quite creepy, um, but more so creepy and kind of like a, a party where everybody'd left kind of way. So there was some lights on and things like that. So you, you walk into this place and there's these cuts every so often to a narrator who's saying things to you and kind of like this kind of almost half dead old TV. And, and between those splices, you're, you're splitting through different segments. And I, the, the kind of vibe I got from it was almost a military um, absentee kind of like father son relationship. And I think the son ended up killing himself. And, and mm. you're being for that demo, you were being kind of 
picked up and dropped off almost like a UFO mm-hmm. abduction, right? Like through the different parts of the scene and not necessarily yeah. chronologically ordered. So it was yeah. difficult to follow. I got what they said in the, in the, in the trailer that we were running. Um, they actually mention that they want you to feel like you want to feel a little bit screwed up even when you take the headset off. And I'll be honest, yeah. I think they're kind of halfway step there from what I had played. If they yeah. do it the right way, then it'll pick up a lot of fans, like I said, who like like David Lynch films, who like to just do something that's a bit fecked up and they, they come out with more questions than answers. So yeah, did, yeah, totally. did, you, did you think it was good then? Uh, I Not yet. I, I think my my net feel was, okay, that's weird. And it's kind of on the wrong side of weird, you know, but just, but mm-hmm. just, it wasn't like bad quality or anything like that. They, they just need to, it may be a, 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 the issue with like the Pepsi challenge, where if you just have that small bite piece and you're not getting the full story, they don't have enough yeah. time to kind of convince you through it. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's what yeah. I think. I mean, I, I still leave the door open for this game. Yeah, cool. like that. Yeah, the whole premise is like a, it's, it's like because it's half a game, half like a movie, right? They're trying to merge the two worlds. Exactly. Is that right? Yes. So they use like full uh, filmed video with virtual reality gameplay. Is it that kind of right? It feels a lot like Abduction for that. So anyone who's played Abduction, right. there are these segments where people, yeah. real life people, have been recorded and are talking to you, and it helps to stitch together the story like a like mm. a like a film side, and then you've got the game backer that you're kind of living through so transference yeah. look out for it i mean yeah. I, I, like a, I like some of their visuals um and mm. the actual game to me when i played it felt like a late stage dk2 demo in terms of mm. the the environment detail and that so i think they were focusing probably more on like the voice acting the story yeah, than yeah, the graphics yeah. per se um, yeah. had, so, had they partnered with ubisoft back then it was a ubisoft booth yeah yeah oh, it was it a ubisoft okay. booth yeah it sounds like they're playing with like the past, present, and the future, and then like trying to kind of confuse you, but not too much. So you kind of like get get to understand what you're doing, and then I don't know. It's, it's like a mesh, like a, a mashup of things. Um, I will be trying it at E3. So if there's like something new going on with that game, we'll see. Uh, but I'm a little scared now. It sounds a little scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I will yeah. do it for science too. Then you know that's that's what we do well, here. You know we don't do. Anything uh, we don't want to do, we do it for science. For yeah. you. For you. We do it for, for you. you. For you viewers yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. You, you. So uh, what they also say is that you will experience the limits of techno psychology and escape a maze-like puzzle concealing a corrupted truth. Get projected into the digital consciousness of troubled test cases and maybe you will influence their fate. So it sounds very stressful, like, and I think that's what they said. Like, it's going to be quite stressful. You're you're almost going to have post-traumatic stress after trying out this game. What, what is it with all these VR games that they all have to be so stressful? Why can't we have just a relaxing <laughs> VR experience? Maybe, maybe I will be never the same person again when I come back from from my E3 trip. It's going to be like Nate. You, I'm like I'm not Nate. I'm someone else. I'm no, Henry. I, my name is Henry. I'm a hatcher. We'll be yeah. doing the podcast, and Nate will be like, yeah. There is no spoon. The cake is a lie. <laughs> rusty spoons, rusty spoons. Uh, rusty spoon fingers. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so going backwards, Mike. That's a, that's a, oh, I know. I know. It's been a crazy show this week. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll check it out and see if there, anyone's got any questions in the chat while I sort of recap the, uh, the show times and stuff. Uh, so let's go. Um, so just a reminder, of course, 
This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at the new times of 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. If you missed the show, you can catch up with the whole show as I re-upload it on my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis, or check out the audio version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. So if you've got any questions... Chuck them out there now, and we can try to answer a few before we wrap this week's show up. Yeah, so uh, Mobile DK said that that it sounds horrible to him as well. <laughs> I, I hope I hope it in, in a spooky, scary way. Done. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, if Zim is like talking about it like that, I'm like, oh no. And then I see the trailer, I see some snippets where I really would get scared of, you know. I uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm even more excited now that Zim said it's so messed up. <laughs> I don't know why. I just want to great. We got Peter asking uh, if we can get a dance off between the four of us, so we can see that Rowdy indeed has the best dance moves of the of the entire group. We, we need this. We need this to happen. We need this to happen. I think. Like, if only there was an app, like a, a game that we a multiplayer dance game that we could play. Yeah. Does anyone know if one exists? Multiplayer so. dance game, VR dance game. We'll just hit up the desk from Rec Room and say that it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we'll go into Alt Space or VR Chat and have a dance yeah, off yeah, in there. Yeah. Can you imagine if Rec Room work. had a karaoke experience, you know, with dancing? Oh, involved? I bet there is one. I, be- yeah, I bet yeah. there is one. Uh, it's a user created one. Yeah, I bet there yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Any E3 predictions from Nick Apos? Or Apos. Ooh, well, Nathie's going to be there, so I think any in any good scoops that we get, uh, uh, you I, know, uh, Nathie will hopefully have that. I, I do know that, of course, uh, Sony is going to be like the the killer on the E3 again with so many yeah, uh, so. Uh, VR titles. They have a booth called the Stacks, like uh, a little bit like Ready Player One uh-huh. with a lot of games. I'm sure Evasion is going to be uh, at E3 in the the uh, PlayStation booth. We have uh, Jobs uh, Vacation Simulator. Um, we have that new game from Sony. I don't know, like with the little, little character, some kind of third-person game. I forgot the name. Um, mm-hmm. But that, like, that's the thing with with uh, Pancake games. You can say like, hey, we got these triple A games coming. You know, a new Assassin's Creed, a new Call of Duty, Battlefield, etc. But with VR, it's not like you're saying, oh, we get a new Henry the Hedgehog too. You know. So mm-hmm. so I can't really predict anything random because I don't know. Hang on a it's second. Always how something have, else. How have we not mentioned Fallout seventy six here? Also, you know, I, I know it's not necessarily going to have a VR spin to it, I'm guessing. But if mm. it does, if I mean, they've already done a Fallout with VR. So surely they're Could thinking yeah. there's going to be yeah. at least the expandability to VR. At least they've got to have built mm. it with that in mind. Yeah, or I Bethesda did VR before, as we all know, but... It could be that they or make a new game that is totally something else, or they, they do like a, a VR support for one of their like newer titles that are coming out. I don't know, mm. but with E3, like you need to still know that that triple A titles, pancake ones are still taking over the show. Yeah. VR is still a small portion of that, but it's growing. It's growing. It's the same with Gamescom, but they are there, and and Sony is pushing it. Um, I think Oculus is a booth too, where they show off Deflector and. And that other uh, game, uh, uh, some combat game, uh, like Echo Combat. Echo That's combat, the one. Yeah. And uh, as far as I know, HTC is not going to be on the on the floor itself. So, like, mm-hmm. VR-wise, it's going to be small. But there are going to be a lot of people there from the industry. Yeah, yeah. There's a question from chat. Just, um, Marvel Powers yeah. United VR. Do we have any news on that? There's, they're asking about it. But I think 
I literally haven't back, heard has uh, much about it. Yeah, yeah I've heard I, like it has. very I think little since they really... made a big push last year. Yeah, I saw it, obviously, Oculus Connect. We saw it again at an Oculus event in London. Mm. They were pushing it there as well. Um, Oculus are very interested in that title, and uh, they're sort of really sort of supporting the developer for that one. Yeah. Um, but I guess they just want to make it the best possible game it can be because it does have uh, quite a bit of potential there to be a really fun co-op game. I agree. Uh, but from what we played, it was a bit shallow, so I think that's probably what they're oh, working was, on to make it, it a bit it was, deeper. Yeah, I won't hide my comments. I thought it was complete shite when I played it. I didn't. I think in the state yeah. that it was in, they they were definitely at least yeah. a year away from releasing, and they needed to change up their yeah. game mechanics largely. But I agree with you. Like everyone, I mean what better time to release a VR Marvel game than after literally yeah, yeah. 15 years of Marvel yeah. films? Like, yeah. this is yeah. a great crossover yeah. to draw people into VR, like yeah. uh, the fellow who was mentioning yeah. it. Yeah. So so to wrap this up, uh, Brian says that we haven't really been talking about the new game from Insomniac, but it could be that they are maybe showing something off there, but I don't really know about that. I think they will save so, it for Oculus Connect, but who knows? Yeah, so, so it's funny because I was just about to mention it because um, Insomniac does have another uh, a VR game coming. So does Rebellion as well. They've got a VR game coming yes, out. of course. Totally forgot um, about that one. And uh, we will be mentioning those um, maybe next week or the week after when we've got some more information because in, especially the Insomniac game, it's not going to come till 2019. Oh. Um, and we're very like, we don't even have a name for the game yet. So I didn't want to bring it up on this week's show no. without a name or more details um but if we do hear anything from e3 obviously you guys will be the first to know and we'll be talking about it throughout the whole event and nathie will be there so okay. uh we'll I, I will wishes for the event i'm going to give you mine valve releases any info on anything vr yeah right yeah if if, yeah. if that's true then uh, i will stay there okay and i will also pass out <laughs> <laughs> on camera we want to see it on camera seriously like that's the that's the great thing about e3 and any other convention you go there with certain expectations and then there's always something like you guys know how big e3 is they show trailers and then you're like oh no is that like master chief oh no he's back or it's like oh nathan drake is there a new you know it's always there's always something crazy going on there that is just like blowing up the entire I look forward to it like just watching the live stream dude we watch it together like we like we did last year i think we we all watched it together not not live but uh, we all watched it together uh just in chat we should do that again it was fun we we should yeah and that was when uh that anthem game was announced and i was losing my mind i I remember that moss was uh, was shown there it was really cool well, I don't think E3 actually starts till what the twelfth of June. Is that right? Yeah, so it's around first, sort of a couple of weeks. Like first, uh, a lot of press conferences, and then on the show floor, like the actual demos. Good. Yeah. Good. Hopefully, like I say, we'll cover all the news uh, from E3 uh, here on the podcast and on our channels as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. Thanks for being part of this week's show, and uh, we will see you on next week's show as always. And until then, bye bye. See you later. Ciao. Yeah. Bye bye.